A note about terminology. A while ago, my younger child ground to a halt in a homework assignment because he wasn't sure whether to use the word sex or gender to describe a school camp exercise in which every boy was paired with a girl. Well, I exclaimed gleefully when he posed the question, quietly thrilling with excitement to have been presented with such a perfect, teachable feminist moment. That's a very interesting question, Ollie. Let me try to explain. At these words, Ollie's older brother let out a small gasp. If you can imagine the faces of onlookers had the little Dutch boy suddenly removed his finger from the hole in the dike, you will have a rough idea of his expression. Ignoring this look with quiet dignity, I began my sermon on the principles of terminology, but was almost immediately interrupted. Just tell me which, Mum, my son said impatiently. I've got multiplication homework to do as well. Is it sex or gender? His uncertainty isn't surprising. From the late 1970s, the word gender began to be used as a way of drawing a distinction between biological sex and the masculine and feminine attributes and status that a society ascribes to being male or female. The idea was that by referring to gender, you highlight the role of these social constructions, what society makes it mean to be male or female, in creating disparities between the sexes, as opposed to the relentless unfurling of biologically determined male and female natures. But this approach was short-lived. From about the 1980s onward, the word gender also began to be used in place of sex, as a way of referring to whether an individual is biologically male or female, including even non-human animals. These days, for example, surveys regularly ask you to identify your gender, even though typically the expectation is that your answer will be based on whether you have a vagina or a penis, rather than any gendered psychic qualities or preferences. The person processing your credit card application will not appreciate it if, instead of checking one of the two boxes, you make annotations to the effect that in some ways your gender is male, but in other, no less important respects, it's female. This shift in usage has therefore robbed the word gender of its original meaning and function. In its place, some feminist scientists now use terms like sex-slash-gender or gender-slash-sex to emphasise that when you compare the sexes, you are always looking at the product of an inextricable mix of biological sex and social gender constructions. But while this makes good sense, as chapters 4 and 6 make clear, it's not particularly conducive to a smooth listening experience. For this reason, I use sex when referring to comparisons based on the categories of biological sex and gender to refer to the social ascriptions. In a second sacrifice of scholarly pedantry for the sake of readability, I use the word promiscuous rather than more technical and precise terms like polygynous, extradyadic coupling, polyandrous, and multiply mating, 
despite this being a term that is coming to be frowned upon in evolutionary biology. While promiscuous is a highly value-laden term, no moral judgment whatsoever is implied by its application here, not even for those slutty sandpipers featured in the chapter that follows.